Hello and welcome to the Unofficial Controller Podcast, your weekly gaming podcast. Pin your ears back, Tom. Episode 51, The History of Streets of Rage. With me, George, and Zorn, joined by Tom, Alex Hunter, to my Duck Hunter. How's it going? I'm good, mate, thanks. Wow, episode 51. I know. Numbers sequentially raise. You've been asleep for the last 10. Uh, so 51 was a surprise for you, but for no one else listening. <laughs> I feel like we should have made a bigger deal of 50, but never mind. Oh, maybe we should have. Due to situations outside of our control, um, the anniversary project probably didn't go as well as we wanted, did it? But there you go. Yeah, it, it can happen one day, can't it? Maybe the second year anniversary. Oh, I think but... that would be... Uh, if your ego's going to facilitate us hanging around for a second anniversary, I'll celebrate that by buying three. Even though it's the second anniversary, I'll buy three party poppers. One for you, one for me, and Mumsy and Phil, the producer, are going to have to share it. And James. I've never seen three people ascended around a party popper before, mate, but let's... Uh, there you a go. A joint pull. A joint pull. Well... Everyone's joined in. Everyone's hyped up for this 16-bit nostalgia. Everyone's slugging on Cherry Aid and uh, wistfully looking at their download bar. Some people have already got it. Some people didn't even pay money for it. Those Games Pass scoundrels, they got it free. Uh, on Xbox. You cut out because you were so excited, but yeah, Xbox Games Pass, I believe it's on there. Uh, wow. Exactly. You know, all worth it in the end. So Xbox coming out the gate strong, Streets of Rage, um, exciting times. Let's uh, let's give them an idea of what they've got coming up. So coming up in the news, we got some uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and if you're a carer with an NHS email, you better pin your lug holes back. Then the feature that they all turned up for, really, I think, Tom, and talk about clickbaity title of the day it releases bam there you are Phil the producer let's do a Streets of Rage retrospective so that's what they're going to get then we've got the new release highlights where we're going to talk about all the new games and I put a pound down for what your mummy mummy is this week and then we end the show when I ask you what you're hoping to play but we start the show get it up odders put it up on the desk that's it, the Mad Cat's wheel. Tighten it down with that knob underneath. Grip it. What have you been playing? Well, uh, I've gone back catalogue a little bit last weekend. Um, oh, my goodness. If this is a game that's older than six months, <laughs> is it? Several games, actually. So I've revisited uh, Devil May Cry 5. I've uh, I've really been sort of hitting the PS4 at the minute. The Switch has been quite quiet for me. But uh, yeah, I went back to Devil May Cry 5. and the PS4's been, dust cover, aka the Switch. <laughs> I've been uh, trying to grind through the Bloody Palace, which is like a a tier of, I think, I think there's about 100 levels, 101 levels or floors to get through. That was it's the name, very- I think, of our very first ever episode, you know which you it forcibly was. removed from iTunes due to... Bad uh, sound quality. Amateuristic sound quality. We've just started out, so don't be too mean on us, but if they want to check it out, they can try our YouTube channel. It still exists it there. It's so, a bit like what 
Phantom Menace and then going and watching Empire Strikes Back or The is, Mandalorian. Is this episode Empire Strikes Back, is it? Oh, yeah, of course. No, that's uh, History of the PlayStation 2. <laughs> Our finest work. Really? Crikey. That was some time ago, so uh, hopefully not. <laughs> the best years are ahead of us. Well, yeah. yeah, I was working through the bloody palace. It's really tough. I got past uh, the first, because after every 20 floors, you do a boss from the game rather than like a, a, a selection of normal enemy types. And I beat the boss and then got through to floor 29. And that was it, died. It How many solid. floors again? 101, so just over a quarter of the way. Um, yeah, not easy, uh, but really fun. I, I enjoy doing it because just learning again how to um, the the move sets and the combos and stuff. Um, I play as Nero. You can play as V or Dante as well if you've got it. Uh, each has a sort of distinctive play style, which people probably haven't talked about when I talked about actually playing through the campaign when I got it. Excuse uh, me, I just had a slurp of me brew. That's all right. I couldn't. I didn't hear it. Um, and also, in light of uh, news that we're going to cover in the news, I've started a playthrough of Last of Us again. Last of Us Remastered. Uh, yeah, really, really good so far. It still looks r- like pretty decent considering it's a remaster of a PS3 game do you think I was having this conversation with the garage gamers uh, and they seem to think it holds up mechanics wise but I some parts of it feel very weird you know Ellie's running around right in front of the bad guys and they're just fine with that uh, yeah and the obviously, way you feels a bit shoddy sometimes agreed Agreed. Like the crawl, it well, not the, the crouching animation is very odd. Um, yes, yeah, the combination of the movement mechanics and the fighting mechanics and the stealth mechanics seems to kind of just break the immersion for me a little bit. But uh, I've not played the remaster. I'll be honest; I've only played it on PS3. Yeah, no, it, it it's still a, a fantastic game, and that intro just draws you right in. Um, really one of the best openings I've ever seen in a game I, I still argue like with me you you sort of are a, the opinion it is a little bit overhyped the game in general yeah I think I do wonder whether we'd feel differently if we'd have got it day one and got in with the hype when it first came out but maybe it, it, it's still a really decent story and I am looking forward to the sequel so that's my reasons for a playthrough on that Okay. Um, and, yeah, usual online stuff. Got another win on Warzone. Um, as a, oh, wow. As a team four. That's quite good. Enjoyed that. Loyal listener Bo Baloba seems to be king of the uh, Warzone, mate. Very skilled man at that. A very skilled man. Uh, much as some of the other uh, loyal listeners. Um where do they hang out, by the way? Where do they hang uh, out? They hang out at our Discord chat. How would you get there if you were so inclined? Well, go onto our Instagram page, as many of you do, because we've got a big following on there. 
uh, and click one, click on the link, and it'll open up a, a link tree with all the different avenues you can go down. One of which is the Discord chat, and it'd nice. be great to um, some more new members. We've had some new members this week, haven't we? We have so, well- very welcome additions. Just to uh, much like the island of Saint Helena, whenever a visitor comes along, they're looking at diversifying the gene pool, Tom. So uh, get dragged off to a mud <laughs> hut, and some sort of in- inane things happen to you. And you wake up on the beach with a cold glass of I don't know what and uh, a couple of uh, Centralina dollars in your back pocket. Very sordid. (laughs) If that still sounds like the place for you to to come and have a chat, then by all means, hop in. Centralina or the Discord? Discord is probably slightly more long-term relationship than uh, Centralina. I'll give you that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, what else? Uh, God of War. I had a dabble on that again. What's wrong with just, you? I just had a bit of a blitz through a lot of my favourite PS4 games, really. As far as you're but, concerned, that's uh, retro gaming. It is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, get real. Now, look at them graphics. I remember when graphics used to be like that every time never thought they'd get better <laughs> two year old game now look at you fact yeah that's about it for me um, okay is that you gamed out it is I have uh, Streets of Rage though Streets of Rage 4 downloaded and ready to play after the podcast spoilers spoilers okay uh, is it my turn are you going to grace me with the immortal words if it's not Assassin's Creed, you are allowed to talk. There's going to be a smidgen of that. Please forgive me. Uh, Assassin's Creed Syndicate. I'll confess to the listeners. I'm all Assassin's Creeded out. The mechanics are stale. I'm bored of it. If these have been broken up by a year gap, I think I'll be well into it. And I kind of curse myself for not having... Uh, got into them sooner i got burnt i think with a demo of assassin's creed 2 it put me off i was such a fan of one and it just didn't feel like the same sort of game i was completely wrong i'll be the first person to admit my mistakes uh i'm not going to do another run through of which order i think they should be in uh not in in you know in in my order of how good a game they are but uh moving swiftly on to the next game I've been playing inspired much like yourself but you haven't got a back catalogue as deep as mine and in a conversation with Chronicles of a Gamer who Tom make a pen note of this going forward he'll be known as God uh, because he platinumed Sekiro Shadows Die Twice pick your jaw up off the floor and wire it back on your face that's a true story he's I feel uh, like you are inadequate in his presence. Uh, little Tommy Small PP, uh, when, <laughs> when Chronicles of the Game was about, let me tell you, uh, even I don't go to the toilets when Bobby's around. I'll tell you that. I'll not be able to wee. Uh, where were we? Uh, so inspired, uh, I got talking to him, I think in Instagram or some other social media, and I was talking to him for some reason about Resident Evil Code Veronica. I pulled it down off the shelf, slapped it in the PS2, and showed him like the opening scene of it uh, into the gameplay section. I ended in my chat with him and then picked up the joypad and 
struggle to put it down. I'm now in the palace. I've been up to the big house. I've got a key. I've unlocked an area. Um, I just can't get enough of it. There was a little bit of a, a moment where I was getting used to the tank controls, but now I'm used to them. I'm using the D-pad on the PS2 because the analog sticks are just not that great for the game. Uh, it might be me, but the D-pad works very well. Proper resi. Um, obviously, it's not scary because uh, graphics have come on a long way. Um uh, but the mechanics and the sort of management of your inventory, the ink the ink um, rolls for the typewriter, and the sort of careful use of the ammo provide you with a sense of like um, surviving basically against these zombies. Survival horror, isn't it? it? It really is. Like I know it's not scary. So it's not horror per se, but survival, slight fear should be the new genre for old resis. <laughs> um, I may even start playing Resi 1 in bed at night just because I've got a spare PS1 lying around, obviously. You, I, I do feel like if you're going to revisit Resi 1, I think the GameCube uh, remake deserves a look in because I think that will still hold up how well it looks and it's the same experience. It's still, it's not had the controls or the perspective adjusted to uh, the Let the me modern. stop you now. Okay. Not interested. I want to play well, it as it was. It's still the same game. All you're going for is flashy graphics as always. You're the man it's with Gucci labels and Calvin Klein pantalons. You don't know what you're missing. You need to play Resident Evil Zero then as well, which is available on the Cube. And I believe PS2. Um, I don't think it's on PS2. I think those remakes are on... They're on PS3 and 4, I think. Yes, they are. I've got a collection, I'm sure I have actually, of Zero. Um, maybe 1 and 2, the remake, maybe. I might look them up if I'm feeling fruity. On top of yeah. that, Tom... Guess what else I've been playing? I hear through the grapevine from Phil, the producer, mm. and we're not happy about this. We're not happy. Okay. It appears there's some some moonlighting going on. Ooh. <laughs> Do you care to confess now? or I'll confess. Phil, the producer, might say things to try and keep the celebrity on the show happy, but he's just been, been whispering nothing but sweet nothings in my ear. He said the uh, one-man monologue that is the Minecraft Let's Play stroke stream, which kicked off our um, fantastic stream for the NHS, and I think we're closing in on a £1,000 race, which is fantastic news. So well done to everybody that was involved, and to It's Much More, who's no doubt tuned in for the Streets of Rage episode. It was a great day. Where's my taste of that? Unbelievable. Even even celebrities do comic relief for free. Or so I'm led to believe. I'm sure they get paid. Why don't you ask me anymore? I told you. That's why they don't ask you anymore. You were for ten years solid you were Pudsy Bear. And you didn't get the recognition, so you stormed off. I went up to Lenny Henry and I said, Listen, pal, where's me where's me bunts like? 
And he just looked at me, gone out. And then Bono comes over as well and gelled off the usual game, you know. Here he goes. Give him a pen, set him in the right direction and he'll write law for years. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, they they just were appalled. But I says, got to earn a living, pal. Listen, Lenny, when I put that hat, when I put that head on, I am Pudsey. And I'm on all the the T-shirts, I'm on all the merch, it's the person all the kids want to see. And what do I get from it? Nothing. I still live off my royalties off those, though, so that's not so bad. Oh, you got royalties Every year, and the merch comes out, I see a little bit from that, so that's good. Well, just as a little bit of self-promotion, if you're not following the story of me in Minecraft, you're not even a gamer. Uh, seems to be something that the kids have gravitated towards. They seem to be enjoying it. Lots of bringing lots of new people to the channel, um, which you should be happy about. Phil, the producer, patted me on the back. Obviously, a social distance pat on the back. He used a stick with a glove on the end, <laughs> covered in hand sanitizer gel, and he whacked me at the appropriate two meter distance, clean between the shoulder blades, and he shouted to me, "Good on you, boy." Sound quality is good as well. I don't even need to get the mixing table out. Fantastic. One thing we must say, thank you to Phil, the producer, because the last episode, mastered by the mighty Phil, sounded absolutely crystal, didn't it? Yeah, a lot better. I like to think he's worth every penny he gets paid. He is. We're as loud now. The promised 16 LUFs. We're as loud now as commercial radio and all the proper big boy podcasts. So they've listened to my inane drivel, full volume, and to your angel-like tones. Anyway, back to Minecraft. I've fallen deep in. It's hard because I promised two two two-hour streams, uh, and it was yesterday I absolutely got the bug. I didn't want to stop playing, but I've promised everything that happens in that world happens on the stream, so people see every single bit of it. Um, and again today ended up being two and a half hours because I just couldn't stop playing it. I just fell in the well. When that game gets its hooks in you, it grabs you and pulls deep. And if you're making your own story, and as I say on the YouTube channel, the story we make in our minds is way better than anything anybody else made up. Naughty dog, anybody. Red Dead is nothing compared to the story of Wayne the dog, R.I.P., R.I.P. R.I.P. Wayne the Dog. I was you even tuned in for that one, didn't you? I did, yeah. Brought myself down out of my tower and had a look. <laughs> Put the ego I, uh, in cybernetic freeze just for 10 minutes to watch that particular clip. I, um, I've got to apologise because I think I had my uh, PS4 on in the background with the uh, God of War dynamic theme on. I hope it's not picked up on the pag- uh, podcast. Podcast. So Let me see Phil. Did, did you get that, Phil? He says no. He's very professional. He just uses hand signals from behind the glass screen. He says no, and he says that uh, even if he did, you see, I don't know how I can take. I don't know how I can get this from hand signals from through a glass screen. But he said even if he did, he'll master it out in the edit. Thank you, Phil. That's why he gets paid the big books. He's on more than you, but I'll let you and your agent wrangle that one out. Well, we'll have to talk about that off air. Anyway, shall we get to some news? Why don't we? One of the reasons why they turned up, you're going to have to throw your phone on the floor. 
Um, it's Tom, it's the news. We've scoured the very darkest regions of the internet to bring you the latest stories. First up, Vikings Ra. Uh, what's all this drivel about then? Well, today, uh, as of about 3.45, 4 o'clock, the latest trailer for Assassin's Creed Valhalla dropped. Uh, the title reveal of the game was shown yesterday in like a, a, an eight-hour artwork um, stream. Uh, very impressive artwork. And uh, I believe one of our Discord users said, that's really good, but it still took him eight hours. So full day's work on that, but probably money well spent as it's... Good uh, effort. That's the box art. Job done. Yeah, it's teased the game in quite a cool way. Got everyone hyped for today for the trailer. And uh, yeah, we've both watched that, haven't we? I hope you have. Of course I have. I'm creeded out, but I'm not that creeded out. Are they the in-game graphics, question mark? I'd imagine they are. Yeah, I, I was thinking that. I'd love it to be true. Even if they're remotely close to that, I think that'd be great. I saw some screenshots as well, as well as the trailer, and they do look very close to the trailer. It looks fantastic, doesn't it? Did you read the comments in the YouTube video, or did you not dive that deep? No. The actual description of the video? Because it discussed no, the gameplay mechanics, Tom. Thomas? They, they talked about the gameplay mechanics, friend. Oh, Bear oh. with me. Um... Let me get them for you. I think I it'll be nice. There's a, there's a deep RPG system, allegedly. Again, you've got to be careful because you know what you be like. They promise you the moon on the stick, and then they give you a small lolly in the shape of a moon, uh, <laughs> which is not quite what we wanted. But there you go. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, boom, YouTube, there we go. And I think if I click show more... Key features. Write your Viking saga. Advanced RPG mechanics allow you to shape the growth of your character and influence the world around you. With every choice you make, from political alliances and combat strategy to dialogue and gear progression, you will carve your own path to glory. Visceral combat system. Dual wield powerful weapons such as axes, swords, and even shields to relive the ruthless fighting style of the Viking warriors. Brutally decapitate your foes. Vanquish them from afar or stealthy assassinate targets with your hidden blade. No doubt that would be as glitchy as ever. Challenge yourself with the most varied collection of deadly enemies ever found in the Assassin's Creed game. A dark age open world. Sail from the harsh and mysterious shores of Norway to the beautiful but forbidding kingdoms of England and beyond. Immerse yourself in the Viking way of life through fishing, hunting, drinking games and more. Lead epic raids, launch massive assaults against Saxon troops and fortresses throughout England. Lead your clan in surprise attacks from your longship and pillage enemy territories to bring riches and resources back to your people. Grow your settlement, construct and upgrade buildings that allow for deep customization, including a barracks, blacksmiths, tattoo parlor and more. Recruit new members to your clan, personalize your Viking experience. Mercenary Vikings, create and customize a unique Viking raider with your clan and share it online with friends to use during your own raids. Let me just go, let me just deconstruct, as an Assassin's Creed veteran that I am now, let's just deconstruct these. Grow your own settlement, i.e. buy banks, buy tailors. It was all in Assassin's Creed 2. I'm praying it's deeper than that. Lead epic raids against Saxon troops and fortresses. I don't want to be the bringer of the death knell here, but if it's anything like what happened in Black Flag and Rogue, 
you'll do a lot of shooting from the sea, then you'll land and, on your own, unfortunately, but not with your crew. You will take down the fortress, which I always thought was disappointing. Hopefully, they fix that. For, yeah, from the looks of the trailer, it looks like everybody's piling out the longboat and laying waste to... They'd uh, better be this time. What was the point of having a pirate crew if they didn't come ashore with you? Yeah. Probably would have made the game too easy, but I think it would have been beneficial to the game in the long term. Visceral combat, dual wield, powerful weapons such as axes, swords, and even shields. I'm sure that'll be good. Um, at this point, one wonders why they're even calling it Assassin's Creed. Hmm. But yeah. in the See Discord this morning, Finchie, one of the most active members, aka Comic Picture 79, absolutely high on coffee, put down exactly what he wanted it to be. Georgie, wouldn't it be great if it had this, 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 and this? And he basically listed everything that's in this description. (laughs) Everything. (laughs) Uh, And I actually went back on the Discord and went, wow, you nailed it. Here's for coffee. Um, Yeah, I don't want to sound like I'm beating down on it. We've had these promises before, but if they, with the power of the console hardware uh, and the expansive worlds they've created for odyssey and origins if they can pull this off exactly what i think what a lot of us want it would be amazing yeah but at this point i wonder how much of the assassin's creed lore is that important to the game you know all the apples of eden and all that sort of stuff i mean it's starting to become a little bit irrelevant well to someone like me that's probably a a good thing because I wouldn't mind a nice shiny new Assassin's Creed on a new console. So having it a bit more open to like people entering into the series, like, yeah, I've played one or two others, but never really finished them. Like I said before, I think they need to do that with every entry and it must be quite difficult to do. Mm. It's finding a balance between hints of law there for old, older players, a bit like our show. Like we dropped, little hints there of, of the Farmerton law, but also making it really accessible to new players because they've got to keep growing the audience as, as uh, any sort of uh, new video game has to. I, uh, I do like the look of this one. I did like Odyssey, but I never got around to buying it. It's a retro um, game now as far as you're concerned. It's, yeah, yeah. Never going to get that, am I? No. <laughs> it's got a Valhalla or nothing. Um, I noticed okay. in the trailer, it's like Odin is there. Um, yeah, that looked a bit strange, a didn't raven, it? A raven, and then uh, they dabble with this in Odyssey and Origins, don't they? Having the sort of mythology there as well. Yeah. So obviously they're the precursors. I haven't played Origins um, or Odyssey. Or- I probably should yeah. do at this point. I should probably just skip Syndicate. I, I like what it's doing. I would go to Origins and see whether you like that new take on it or you go Valhalla and wait and have the break. That's what I'd do. Well, we've got some big games coming out. We'll get to that. Uh, I think we've we've Vikinged ourselves out. Uh, we have. Shield Wall. Uh, next bit of news. Shall I read this or do you want it? take it I've got it okay you've got it or not Last of Us get a new date 
Tsushima gets pushed. Out of absolutely nowhere, Sony has confirmed a brand new release date for The Last of Us Part 2. PlayStation 4 exclusive was recently delayed indefinitely, but it seems the game will make it out just a few weeks after the original tw- uh, 29th of May release date. The Last of Us 2 will now launch on the 19th of June 2020. Sony revealed the news via the PlayStation blog. As our teams at Sony Interactive Entertainment and Worldwide Studios approach development milestones and confront a world changed by COVID-19, we find ourselves having to adapt to today's ever-changing environment. The platform holder says, amidst some disruptions to our working styles, we wanted to provide an update to PlayStation gamers who are eager to learn what our next exclusive titles will arrive on the PlayStation 4. Uh, this officially confirmed a delay for Ghost of Tsushima. Um, the PlayStation 4 exclusive was previously set to launch on the 26th of June, but it's been pushed back to the 17th of July due to the ongoing coronavirus situation. Fortunately, it's not a particularly big delay, which suggests that the game is still on track and pretty much finished. Checked in today, Ghost of Tsushima's using, they're actually going to use the time to polish up that game. Out of the two games, I've got Ghost of Tsushima on order. I didn't have Last of Us 2 on order. I'll probably pop it on order on completion of the show. Um, I'll also order something from Gotham Games to support them. Big shout out to Every Bit Gaming. I still need to put a post up on on, their, on the Instagram stories because they sponsored the NHS stream and I bought a few bits and bobs off them, which is very kind because uh, they hooked me up with some playstation pockets you know the little memory cards that were the vmu copies talked about it a couple of episodes ago finally arrived in the post let's not get distracted here last of us what was all that about was it a sneaky way of buying some more time for the game because it was a bit broken um no i think obviously the world's changing every day in terms of logistics and business and everything like that so I think it was just a precaution and they thought, oh, actually, we can maybe get this out not that long after. Maybe they know something we don't know and that it's going to be... Uh, I, part of me did wonder if they thought that there might be... Because you know what some of the clickbaity newspapers are like if they would have launched six Sony releases, virus-filled apocalypse yeah. while the yeah. world's undergoing a, an apocalypse. Uh, some part of me wondered if it got delayed because they were fearful of uh, bad press. Possibly, yeah. Uh, it's been known to happen before, hasn't it? Uh, with 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 films, especially uh, releasing. If there's an event that's very similar to the plot, getting pushed back. So yeah, I could see that. Uh, sad news as well this week that came the same day. Well, I think it probably pushed them to send that release date out. Uh, a lot of the game was leaked or major plot points so listeners please be careful well, get your tin foil hat on Tom because rumours abound on the internet they, they leaked it themselves but why they would now, choose to do that that seems very strange I'm thinking because of what the leaks are whether they did it to I don't want to know anything so you just be careful no, no, no. I'm very careful they maybe did maybe they've leaked like fake stuff Maybe it's like, because they could knock up a, a cutscene, put it out there, make out it was leaked, and it's actually like a red herring. What were your thoughts on that? 
Mm, I've tried not. I've tried to stick clear of anything, so I don't even know what we're discussing. So it's very hard for me to comment. Maybe. Uh, let's they face are. it. Rogue One slapped a trailer out there, didn't it? Full of uh, just sizzle reel stuff they shot at the end of the day, which never made it into the film and was never intended to make it into the film. Uh, yeah. A lot of people were like, "Well, that, that wasn't there, and that wasn't there. It doesn't matter." Although they suffered numerous reshoots, uh, so you never know. Maybe, maybe. I w- I wouldn't say it's like ruined the game for me because I'm still really excited to play it. Probably even more so in a way now, but. Um... It's it's not very nice. It's it's pretty damaging to a lot of hard work done by a lot of developers and just like just stop it now. Feel the producers yeah. cursing at me through the glass. Uh, uh, next bit of news. I'll take this. Seeing as you're going to wet your whistle, because gamers you- care. More than eighty five thousand free games from a variety of genres and platforms will be available for NHS staff to download. In a campaign backed by companies such as EA, Codemasters, Konami, Jagex, Media Molecule, Xbox, Team 17, and more, the initiative was organized by UK gamers industry body UKIE, along with marketing firm Keymailer. The UK games industry has been proud to play its part in conveying these vital public health messages during this national emergency, said UKIE CEO Joe Twist. Now our community is united again to say thank you to the truly extraordinary people who make up the NHS frontline team. Games companies of all size and players everywhere recognise their exceptional dedication and hope this initiative goes some way to help them to understand how respected and valued they are. NHS staff who want to claim their free game or subscription need only visit the giveaway site and enter their NHS email address. Not like you to be charitable, Tom, but what do you make of that? I think that's really nice. Uh, can you hear me okay? I just want to check my mic. Yeah. Put it on mute yeah. and speak. <laughs> do me a favour, put me? it on mute and speak, because I'm not totally convinced your headset's even plugged in, friend. Now speak. I'm speaking now. I can hear you now. You can hear me now? Yeah. So your headset's not even plugged in. Well done. You sat there like an absolute plum. No, it's pre- there. It's in. Pretending to be Joe Rogan. Select audio, select headset. Phil, the producer's just shaking his head. He's like, last time we worked with amateurs like this, it was on the calendar Yorkshire TV show. Now, you're coming through the headset, so I must be recording through the headset. Well, you're not known for your technical prowess, so uh, let's see if your memory's working. Tom, I think that's great, by the way, and some people that are very dear to me work for the NHS, so for them to get free games is an absolute boon. Question is, hokey-cokey as ever, did we miss anything? Do you have an opinion or take on the news that we missed? Bonus news. Oh, wow, he's done the clap himself. He's got people for that normally. I've hurt my hands. I'm going to have to just... I've, I've just got to go and get some moisturiser. This is the bonus news, is it? <laughs> no. Um, I wanted to know your thoughts on that. Uh, obviously, 2K have come out and said they're not doing a WWE game this year. Bury it. Thank- Bury it. What did you think to what they showed of that other thing? What was that other thing? Did you not see it? It's a very... Awful looking WWE game. 
Was it the aforementioned Candy Crush that I said it would be? <laughs> it's not a million miles away, is it? Probably not, no. Should what we turn the stone around? Well, tell me what it was. It's a bit like that Superstars game they made. Oh, God. Give it a rest. We obviously realised that making a full WWE game was beyond them since they let the Japanese gurus go and now they're rocking out any old nonsense. So we're going to go back to our arcade roots. I would rather tombstone the current proprietors of the WWE franchise through six flaming tables and then leave their parched corpse at the bottom of said pile. Agreed. You may do the news tagline now. May I? You're so kind yep. to me. Did we miss anything? Do you have an opinion or take on the news that we missed? Tom, if the assembled masses say to me, George, you're absolutely, you're absolutely way out, sunshine. You're out of line. Everyone's very interested in that WWE Candy Crush game that allows you to play as the immortal Hulk Hogan who's completely jazzed up with these fresh graphics, and that's how out of touch you are with the scene. How the Assembled Thousands contact us to let us know that I'm out of line and I need a tombstone through six flavoring tables and you deserve a choke slam through a limo roof. Classy. Well, you can contact us on Instagram or Twitter via direct message, or you can come and join the Discord chat and air your views on there. And you can also email us at questions at unofficialcontrollerpodcast.com. Ponsonbury's final dying breath uh, <laughs> was to make sure in his will that there was a trust fund enabled for the podcast's email address to exist. So we thank him. In his dying breaths, he gave us a gift of life. From, here's one for Finster Gamer. Kirk's, bit of a Kirk quote. Bones, what have I done? You've turned a chance of death into a chance of life, Jim. That's what Ponsonbury did for the show's email address. So, some say it was the one that actually pushed the Ponsonbury family estate into bankruptcy, but luckily because it was a trust fund, it was insulated from all of that. So we're always going to have that email address now. That's good. We need okay. it. Skin. We, get a lot of, we get a lot of fanfare on that. Well, make sure that you do not... Get your legal team involved to try and find yourself a cut of that. I know what you're like. You see an opening and you go for it. I do. Listen. Straight popular. Yeah. You just put that pen down. You can't write, so there's no point holding it to look intelligent. We've made ourselves, we've made our way rather limply through the medium of uh, voice chat on a hokey-cokey app. Uh, we've made our way to the feature, Tom. The history of Streets of Rage. Now, have you done? Hey there. I am here. Oh, my goodness. The mic's out. There we go. It probably never was plugged in. No, it never was. That's why we could hear your pen. That's why we could hear you tapping to your WhatsApp fan group uh, oh, when you were meant no. to be hosting the news. What the now? Start of this show is going to be a car crash, isn't it? <laughs> it was more than a car crash, Sunbeam. It was more like a motorway pile-up involving 300 cars. 
Oh no, I've only just realised now I can hear you through the headphones. Everyone that's listening now, get on the Discord, get on the email. I want to be absolutely inundated with, is Tom for real? Absolute amateur. He commands the highest wage. He he actually takes a wage out of this blinking show, and I don't even know how that's possible. Basically, he's sucking me dry like a vampire bat. And... um, I tell you what, for for free, for free, if if it's that bad, I will re-record it at the weekend, uh, the intro, if it's that bad. I don't know why you would would say that, because you're never going to commit to that. Let's give them the feature that they turned up for, for goodness sake, before I par-drive you through a car bonnet. The history of Streets of Rage. With the release of Streets of Rage 4, we're going to take a look back at the history of the iconic Streets of Rage series. By the way, James the Work Experience Boy, earning every single one of these pennies this week. You earning significantly less of your pennies. Is your headset plugged in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can hear you through the headphones. No, Tom, just (laughs) because it's coming through your ears doesn't mean it's actually coming through the headphones. Once again, the IQ of a brick. Uh, a look at the games, their development, and the release of the newest title in the series. So, as always, we asked you for your memories of the game and have incorporated them into this feature. So, without further ado, let's dive in. Streets of Rage is a beat em up of the side scrolling variety. Moving from left to right, the players progress forward, fighting hordes of baddies. Baddies, Dad, a little bit of a staple of the show now. This genre was all the rage in the arcades, and it was a success of one that would shun Sega, then inspire them in no short order. Final Fight, a side-scrolling beat-em-up by Capcom, was a huge hit in the arcades. The original Streets of Rage, or Bare Knuckle as it's known in Japan, was released in 1991 and was very much a response to Capcom's game. Nintendo bagged exclusivity to the console port of Final Fight, which despite having some considerable downgrades from the arcade, Original, most notably lacking two-player co-op. That's mm, not great, is it, in a uh, scroll and beat up? Not really. <laughs> uh, still looked impressive on the Super Nintendo. Sega did end up bagging to our, uh, to our opinion superior version. I'm sorry about that. I'm going to leave all this in because most people think <laughs> that you're a seasoned veteran uh, and you're a very high-caliber professional, but just for once, I want an episode to go out. No, Phil, none of this. Don't you throat chop at me, sunshine. None of this is going on. I want my moment in the sun. Yeah, I'm a YouTuber now. None of this is going on the cutting room floor, all of it. The pen, him slurping his tea. He's not having his headset plugged in, him tapping away on his WhatsApp fan group, none of it. It's all staying in. Do you want to take that last line that I just read? Sega did end up bagging the, in our opinion, superior version, though for the ill-fated Mega CD, or as it's known in the Americas, as the Sega CD. I want to lead in with this because I've grown very close to Bobby. His own show has made him feel like he's my personal new best friend. And if you haven't checked okay. it out, it's called Bobby's World Podcast. Did your ego descend down enough to allow you to download it? Leave that in, Phil. Leave him drinking in. Good man. I've got control room, you see, because I'm, I'm live in his studio and you're obviously through the medium from your 
loft apartment. Uh, tune in in that way. I'm going to take Bobby's Bobby's World podcast. Get on it if you haven't. Uh, the Chronicles of a Gamer, as he's known on Instagram, or his new name, AKA God. Do you know what AKA stands for, Tom? He's on strike. Oh boy, here we go. He says, the Chronicles of a Gamer. I was jealous of my friend Adam when he got Final Fight. Uh, we played it at the arcade and it was great. Unfortunately, on the snares, it was only one player. When Streets of Rage came out, I made Adam jealous. We beat it several times, but it was me and Alex who beat it on the hardest difficulty. When part two came out, my sister really dived in and beat it. Uh, my sister and I really dived in and beat it on the hardest difficulty as well. It was the first time my sister cursed. She really got engaged fighting the two girl bosses towards the end of the game. Part three was a disappointment, but I enjoyed it for what it was. I wasn't a fan of the newer characters or the dumb kangaroo you could unlock. Years later, I played the bare knuckle versions and wow, they were awesome. I'm currently currently reliving my memories, but playing with my brother Scott on the Sega Genesis. Sorry, Bobby. The, the pressure's got to me. The Sega Genesis collection on the PS4, I'm so excited to play Streets of Rage 4. What do you reckon to that, Tom? Yeah, thanks, Bobby. Uh, it's nice to hear from you. You back nice in the room. Nice memories there. I am. Uh, His memories are all, all, Also known gold. as. Also known as. Is that correct? Is that why you went quiet? Because you had to nip off to the Google machine and type no, in AKA? Just, just... Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> Just making sure that eating education was uh, not wasted. I think it was. Anyway, <laughs> we don't call it in Chronicles of a Game anymore. It's all about the contacts you make. All about the contacts. That's the only the... reason you went there, that's for sure. <laughs> you came out with a stick of Lucky Toffee and a pat on the back from David Cameron. Well done, mate. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> and a pig's head. Um, oh, where yeah. do we get to? Uh, digital Monkery. Do you want to take that? I will. Uh, Digital Monkery, thanks for the comment. Uh, he says, I've probably completed the first Streets of Rage more than any other game I've played. When I was younger, I could only ever complete it as Blaze when I was on solo. But I always preferred to play it as a two-player. I think most of us do, don't we? Yeah. I've never owned it on it. I've never owned it on its own for Mega Drive anyway. Always on cartridge or disc for Mega CD. With Golden Axe and Shinobi, to put into perspective, I've never completed a single... Uh, level of Shinobi, despite owning it for the same amount of time as Streets of Rage. Solid game, though, that Shinobi. Big time. Big time. Um, well, thank you, Digital Monkery. Um, again, Phil, the producer's just held up a note to the glass window. Next episode, this was meant to be our best ever episode, and you've blown it, sunshine. Uh, leave it all in, Phil. All of it. It's true, all of it. Doing a hand solo. All the quotes in this episode. Um, <laughs> We will look to make the audio quality even better. Phil's going to work his magic in the studio. We will max all the levels out. We will minimise Tom's drivel. Hopefully it all sounds absolutely awesome. You probably sat there wondering what they're complaining about. Phil, the producers, made us sound like gods. But either which way, let's get back to the feature. Sega borrowed many concepts and ideas from Capcom's final fight, right down to the food hidden in bins and oil drums. But Streets of Rage somehow related its own style, largely to the neon city streets and dark tone and look. Martial arts, judo, and boxing provided the three playable characters with their own look and fighting style. And while the controls were simple, designer and director Noriyoshi Obar 
who was known for his work on Revenge of Shinobi, managed to create a kick-ass moveset using only the three-button Mega Drive pad. A special move you can call in, which you can use to call him back up from the boys back at the station in the form of a police car, which launched rockets onto the screen from an earlier point in the stage, wiping out all the enemies on screen. Another listener comment, Tom, who we got? Uh, Eslo, Eslo and Midna uh, chiming in. If it wasn't for Sonic the Hedgehog 1 and 2 and Streets of Rage 1 and 2, I think I could have gotten much better GCSE results. <laughs> Do I regret it? No, I don't think so. Those years in the early 90s playing Mega Drive games with my brother are some of the best memories we both have. We had a SNES 2, but as good as Final Fight looked, it didn't have the all-important two-player option, which is where the magic of these games was. Agreed. I missed out on Streets of Rage 3, but I'm looking forward to the new instalment and sitting down with my brother again to bring back those early 90s memories. Nostalgia wow. in a digital form. Okay. Don't get any It doesn't. Well, I'll go up next and... Uh... Pass me the Japanese swear jar, Tom, because I'm about to make an absolute desecration of the names, as the loyal fans know. Some would say, and you won't get us disagreeing, was the game's sound amazing soundtrack. This epic soundtrack from Yuzo Koshiro, the composer of such gems as Act Razor and Avenger Shinobi. The music merged dark techno and house with the genres to inspire us to take on more hordes of enemies. Using outdated hardware that he had modified, Koshiro managed to make the Genesis really sing a.k.a. the Mega Drive, using its Yamaha YM2612 sound chip, as well as the Master, Master Systems PSG programmable sound generator. The previous console sound chip was also present in the Mega Drive hardware, but he didn't oh, know that. Interesting. I did not. He produced a range of crisp, realistic percussion samples through the available PCM channel and used a combination of FM synth and PSG for the rest. Now, one thing's got to be said, and we will get to this in more detail. This man's ability to work magic with the Mega Drive, you know, digging in deep and using some of that sort of hidden hardware boards, uh, incredible, really. And the music in Streets yeah. of Rage is one of the things that you'll probably take away with you long after the game fades you'll still be humming those tunes and uh oh definitely yeah if we didn't get copyright struck tom we'd be uh speaking over the top of them right now yeah i mean um they seem to be very popular on the vinyl don't they on that data discs collection oh very much and, ri- and rightfully so uh i should think they sound magnificent on the uh on the vinyl uh, very envious of anyone who's picked those up but yeah one of the best parts of the game isn't it and yeah. evokes just instant nostalgic memories with friends or siblings whenever you hear them uh, battling through one, two, or even three. Mm. Shall we? Uh, shall we get to the game's characters? Why not? The in-game characters were Axel Stone. Axel is genuinely the uh, generally the star of the series. He is usually portrayed as a muscular man with blonde hair, wearing blue jeans, with a white vest and a red headband. A police detective who is an expert in martial arts. He's got a flaming uppercut as well. Yeah. Straight out of the 80s and 90s action movie book, aren't they? Very much. Next up, we've got Blaze Fielding, a female police lady who is just as tough as her name suggests, although in-game slightly lacking the power of Axel's moves. Yeah, she kind of had the the speed and agility... um, over Axel, but then like the power. Uh, I always see Axel as like the all rounder. Um, 
But Blazers if you, if you hammer like, A to get into the game, that's who you're going to end up with, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, lastly, for Streets of Rage 1, we've got Adam Hunter. Adam is an ex-pro boxer. He joined the police force as a detective. Uh, he is the opposite of Blaze in that he is slower but stronger. Mm. The setting that these iconic characters inhabit is the once peaceful Wood Oak City, which has now been taken over by a criminal syndicate, including factions of the police. Mass violence is now common and no one is safe. Our heroes are ex-police officers who have quit the force to fight back against the syndicate. Very nice. Upon release of the game, uh, it met favourably with critics and sold well and is often looked as one of the top 10 games on Sega's 16-bit hardware. Uh, next up, Tom, we've got a comment from Retro Gamer Thomas. No uh, PCSO Ross Kemp insight, face mask unhinged. I must say thank you to him, Millie and Donna, for their support on the uh, Minecraft playthrough. Uh, seems to give them something to look forward to at the end of the day. Uh, and if I've just made one family happy, I've done a pretty good job. Retro Gamer Thomas says, all Streets of Rage, the ultimate in nostalgia for me, even from the first title. As soon as I hear the music, I'm 14 in my mate's bedroom, wondering what the amazing this amazing game is. I only had a Master System at the time, but it made me realise that I needed a Mega Drive, and I needed that game. Although most people prefer Streets of Rage 2, it's the first that does it for me. Literally makes the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. I currently have all three. Well done, all. Although the third is a repro. Repro purely because of the current price of the original and currently have on order number four. Plus, I'm so glad they've done a pixel style you can play as well. Yes, I'm happy with that, which will keep all us purists happy after I was concerned with the art style. But to be fair to the devs, they seem to have done a wonderful job with the Wonder Boy remake with some unique twists. Overall, this series of games is probably my favourite of all time. That's bold. That holds some fantastic memories for me that puts a nostalgic lump in my throat every time I load that cartridge. For me, it's the greatest beat-em-up of all time and will never be surpassed. Retro Gamer wow. Thomas, that sounds to me like there's one, a trilogy of carts there that are never gonna, he's never going to sink his teeth into. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think they're safe. I think he's um, against cruelty to Streets of Rage. If they want to know why we call him the console cannibal, they probably need to uh, go back through the now immense one. back catalogue of Series 1 and have a little look-see. Well, he raises some good points there. Uh, the price of Streets of Rage 3, I was talking to you about this the other day, you were telling me it's extremely ex- expensive. Yeah. Uh, when with, I with first Meg- looked at picking it up, it was already seventy bucks, and it was like, "Oh, that's a bit steep for and a game." I know it that great, yeah. so I'm going to use that. That was before the days of um, the Mega Drive becoming even more popular as well. Very like much for. so. Yeah, I, like I, I, I haven't checked the price of it recently. Uh, Hipsters like myself start collecting stuff. You know, it's going to get expensive. Put it on the shelf. <laughs> Looks good next to your uh, amiibos. <laughs> I did actually get to play three on the Wii of all consoles. Wow. Uh, yeah, Sega did a lot of um, virtual console games. I was I really liked the virtual console on the, the Wii. It felt pretty cool the way it was on like the channels. But um, I'm uh, digressing a little bit. It three uh, yeah, it's just not two, is it? They made changes and a lot of those were not for the better. Well, we'll get to that. 
so let me ask you, Tom, what do you do if you have a runaway success? Well, you make a sequel, don't you? Much like Empire Strikes Back, this sequel smashed it out of the park. The same team team who made the original set to work crafting the sequel, which was released in 1992. Like its predecessor, the sequel is a side-scrolling beat-em-up in where you and a friend fight against waves as an wave. Forgive me. Leave that in, Phil. I told you to leave his mistakes in. Leave mine in. Uh, while picking up weapons and items along the way, along with returning characters Axel Stone and Blaze Fielding, the game introduces two new characters, Max Thunder. I think if I uh, ever want to fade into anonymity and develop a new name, it's going to be Max Thunder. A slow-moving but powerful wrestler, very much describes me, and Sammy Skate Hunter. <laughs> the brother of the previous game's Adam Hunter, who can move quickly around with his rollerblades in addition to standard attacks, which have been expanded from the previous game. Each character can perform a unique blitz attack by double-tapping a direction button before attacking. Replacing the police car from the previous game, each character can perform special attacks, which can deal extra damage or attack enemies from all directions at the cost, albeit at the cost, of the player's health. Yeah, this one blew me away when uh, I used to have a friend who I played through number one with. I'd go around his house and we played through, like, not wanting to call in the police because we didn't want to waste it. We'd save it for the end of game boss or, like, the end of level boss. Uh, one of the listeners then, refers to this, but uh, in one, I used to get carried away and hammer buttons. And even <laughs> that moment when you didn't want it, there was one enemy yeah. left on screen and then, <laughs> hang on a minute, what's going on? Oh, no. <laughs> Off the bazooka goes. Cool looking animation, I'll give you that. It always looked like Robocop, I thought. I think the whole game reminds me, although Robocop versus Terminator came out later, the whole game had that sort of gritty style. And I think that's one of the things that's pushed Streets of Rage, in my mind anyway, slightly above, uh, what's it called, Final Fight. Just because the sort of the, the the strength of the neons in the game in those first levels, the the look of the the protagonists, the look of the antagonists, it's all very very sort of gritty and feels just like it's you know been inspired by some of those really classic eighties action you know fighting movies and and all that. Yeah, sort I mean, of stuff. They, I mean, they said they. In uh, sort of developer interviews and stuff, they talked about how they wanted to uh, replicate 80s New York a little bit with its grime, and uh, it does have that neon style to it still. But if you look a little bit deeper, it's dirty and dark and scary place. Um, it does remind me, in a way, of a 16-bit Warriors game. I know that came out in 79, yes. yeah, but... Yeah. You know, let's face it, most of us saw it in the 80s. And it's got that sort of gritty, you know, a lot of the enemies have got sort of themes to them um, that sort of play into that sort of mind art. Oh, definitely, yeah. A a lot of us, I'll confess, I never had a Mega Drive growing up. And when I finally convinced my parents to get me a console, after being burnt of getting me the underdog after the underdog after the underdog, they obviously went down the shop and said, what's the most powerful console right now? Because we're fed up with buying the game that always fails. And someone must have said, here, it's this SNES. I was obviously stoked to get a console first off so I could finally watch Bad Influence and feel like it was addressing me because all I had at the time was an Atari ST and a load of Sims uh, and some pretty ropey ports of Double Dragon. 
And I was absolutely stoked to be, you know, playing Mario All-Stars and, and Namrud's cheats actually applying to me and me thinking, oh, wow, yeah, I can try these out now. Um, so I missed out on the Mega Drive. Obviously, there's something, there was something that called to me when I finally picked up a Saturn and a Dreamcast, got the Dreamcast at launch or very much launch window, uh, got a Saturn. That was a mistake, but, you know, there are some good games on there. <laughs> Um, the Mega Drive always had this allure and then I don't know when it was I decided when I became a proper grown up and had some spare cash I thought oh, I, I know I always wanted a Mega Drive I didn't want to sound ungrateful to Mumsy and Dadsy who had you know forked out hard cash and got me the snares uh, and Mario's cool but there's something way cooler about the Mega Drive's portfolio uh, you know yeah. Robocop versus Terminator, Mortal Kombat with the blood. It was the bigger boy's machine. And it was certainly games like Streets of Rage that played into that vibe and made you feel like you were, it was just so edgy, cool. You know, the the bigger boy at school that was sort of smoking at the bus stop and didn't really care who saw him, he had a Mega Drive. And it was that wow. sort of iconic darkness that was like, oh, wow, you know, he watches Robocop and it gave me night terrors and he's got a mega drive <laughs> and he plays Mortal Kombat with the blood. And, you know, this guy, who is this guy? You know, he's got a leather jacket with a hand-painted Guns of Roses on the back of it. This guy, this guy's, this guy's so cool. Uh, and there was me, you know, talking about raccoon tailing into the air just to try and grip onto the to the sides of his coolness, but slipped off like a Teflon pan with an egg in it, unfortunately. But, you know, there you go. So as I say, when I got older, I uh, proper grown up, I thought, no, oh, I want a piece of this edgy coolness. So I picked up a Mega Drive. Uh, and at the time, uh, I just managed to get it at the right time because the games were still a pound at, you know, car boots and all. Was that bothered, really? Uh, so I picked up an enviable collection of what I thought were the gems. Um, got out the Mega Drive scene just as it sort of got crazy. Uh, you know, some games, 70, 200 quid. It, it's a bit much. Um, they're not that good. Yeah. Um, but I enjoyed it. Streets of Rage, obviously, I'd played it at other people's houses and uh, I'd had a go on it. But to play it as a grown-up and appreciate it for what it was as a work of pixel art and the music, which, again, we'll, we'll, we'll slather over again, um, was just absolutely amazing. Uh, and then, obviously, that dark portfolio, Robocop versus Terminator and other games, it just, it just spoke to me. It really did. Cracking little machine, really. Yeah, a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, console, I think. And one of the... One of the best. I'll tell you one thing, though. We, I think we've said this before. It was maybe in, I think, have we done a history of the Mega Drive episode? I can't remember now. Yes, we have. We have, yeah. One thing I'd say about the Mega Drive, if you went back in time to 1992 and said to you, said to them there, is Sega going to be around? I'm like, oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, their consoles are the best, you know, head-to-head with Nintendo. No one. I know they made some missteps, but who could have predicted that they're not even around anymore? They're just slavishly making games for other people now. And no disrespect to Streets of Rage 4, but pimping out their back catalogue. 
it sometimes hurts me a little bit, but you know. I suppose it's a little bit of a fall from grace, but at least we still got them on the yeah. plus side. Yeah, they could have they could have gone under fully. Um, just a little side note, uh, going back to your comment about you were pleased to brought like the pixel style into four as a bit of an extra add-on. I also found out there are hidden uh, levels that you can take the new characters into, mm-hmm. uh, but the levels the levels are old levels from the older games. Mm. which is quite cool um that is cool mate i'll give you that yeah uh i think it seems like a bit of a passion project so i think there are going to be a lot of easter eggs and stuff in there for long-term fans but uh we should get back to the plot of streets of rage 2 please do the game the game plot this time centers around rescuing adam hunter from the previous streets of rage 1 uh he's been held hostage by the evil mr x Yuzo Koshiro was back this time along with three con- uh, contributions from Mo- Motohiro Kawashima. It was composed using an outdated NEC PC8801 hardware alongside Koshiro's own audio programming language. According to Koshiro, for bare knuckle, I used the PC88 and an original programming language I developed myself. The original was called MML music macro language it's based on an nec's basic program but i modified it heavily it was more a basic style language at first but i modified it to be something more like assembly i called it music love is it for all the bare knuckle games very clever man isn't he very i tell you what his dedication to making sure that music was top draw is second to none mate absolutely brilliant yeah he just builds his own program to do it Rather than use existing ones, I'll just make my own. Well, why not? Why not, indeed. Uh, the soundtrack for Streets of Rage 2 is, a, is considered revolutionary and ahead of its time. We'll certainly agree with that. For its blend of swaggering house synths, dirty electro-funk and trancy electronic textures, that would feel as comfortable in a nightclub as a video game. I think we've got a listener comment next. Sorry, mate, I was... Uh... It's okay. I think I've made more than enough mistakes for you to be allowed. Well, I wasn't making a mistake. I was rather cheekily, and I do apologise for this, listeners. I was rather cheekily downloading Streets of Rage 4 to the PS4 through the medium of my phone. Uh, Sucked into the hype. James the Work Experience Boy has written such an eloquent retrospective, and my, I don't know... Cherryade-fueled retrospective there of the cool kid with the jacket. I thought to myself, I'd better get that on the download right now. Uh, That's why I was inspired by your Capcom work last week that I thought, I'm going to play Devil May Cry. I didn't write that. James wrote that one. Well, he's top-notch two weeks running then, isn't he? He is, because off the back of that, I've been playing Resident Evil Code Veronica as well. Uh, we've got got a comment Uh, he's a long time listener but first time poster first time poster the Dale Mills he just says that music and he's done the you know the okay sign perfection the Italian from what you told me about that guy uh, the, the listener yeah I think he'd have a great voice for the podcast 
The Diamond Dale Mills, yeah. Well, the Diamond Dale Mills used to work in electronics boutique in Lincoln, and this week I found out his co-worker was Eslo Amidna. Believe that. Oh, wow. I know, I know. Oh, Eslo Amidna, if you're listening, That's if you've great. got an EB plastic carrier bag or any EB tat, even if it's price labels, I can stick on all my old games. <laughs> uh Anything. Get in touch. I'll take anything at this point. Uh, <laughs> up next. We've got another another listener comment. Uh, he comments very uh, regular at the moment, so thanks the for that. The young stud that's got all the big old bulls worried. He's found his way. I tell you, there's someone who needs to join the Discord. See Pliskin. He needs to get in there, doesn't he? Because he would be a very welcome addition to the Discord. I think he would. Very much so. Very much uh, Well, he says, I actually joined the series with Streets Rage 2 when I came across uh, it on my older brother's PS3. Uh, liked it at first, but it dragged on for so long that I just left after I got to the stadium stage and proceeded to go down an escalator hidden in the centre of the stadium. Still liked it, though. Oh, yeah. uh, I liked it being brought back with the returning cast looking more mature for the uh, current Streets Rage 4. Yeah, that's a nice point, isn't it? The fact that they've they've let the characters age up a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think I think it have alienated people even more if they'd have gone with four new characters. Obviously, they've got uh, two new ones in there, um, and three of the older ones. But um, again, adding the pixel characters from the old games lets everyone really play who they want to play as um, from from the previous trilogy, which is good. Yeah. Um, well, upon its release, and since Streets Rage 2 has been viewed as one of the greatest games ever made, gathering a higher aggregate score in the mid-90%, it was lauded for its gameplay, graphics, and, of course, the iconic music. But once again, that uh, what happens when Sega have a hit game on the front, uh, or a franchise, it's sequel time. Completing the trilogy on Sega's 16-bit machine comes Streets Rage 3. Uh, releasing last in the Mega Tribe's lifespan in 1994, this time around, players can choose from returning characters Axel, Blaze, Skate, and along with a new character named Dr. Zan. This is where many people just thought it would be yeah. a shark. A robot yeah. who automatically converts every weapon picked up into a ball of energy by fulfilling certain conditions. Two bonus characters, Shiva and Rue. Uh, Rue was one that God mentioned. I just call him God now, because if you've listened to this point, you know who he is. Shiva and Rue can be unlocked for play, and with a third unlockable character, Ash, being an exclusive to the Japanese release named Bare Knuckle 3. One thing before she, we proceed, sorry. before we proceed, let me just say... Yeah, you go first. I was... I'm not that skilled at modern tech, but I was certainly able to region mod a Mega Drive. And to think back in the day, you'd send it off to some Stingray-like character who would wire the foil <laughs> all over the place when you actually find out you need to just cut one line of circuits, which has actually got R1, R2, and all the different regions on. <laughs> wire a switch, a very simple selector switch. Uh, and I made a very neat job of that and positioned that at the back of the console. You put in Streets of Rage, you flick the switch, it fires up on a modern TV, because back in the day your TV couldn't display a 60 hertz image because the UK TVs were 50 hertz. But more modern TVs can obviously display a 60 hertz image. So you flick the switch at the back, it reads Streets of Rage, but because it thinks it's in Japan, 
you get yourself the Japanese version, don't you? Oh, that's great. You get bare knuckle. Now, I know that works with one and two. I don't know if it works with three. Uh, again, if you are listening and you're thinking, well, if George can mod a Mega Drive, Susan, fetch the loft ladder. We're getting the Mega Drive down. <laughs> We've got nothing better to do. Um, that's exactly right, Susan. Go get it now. Uh, yeah, Locked it's not that difficult. Well and it's certainly, obviously, all the text in Japanese. Well, the, the scrolling stuff at the start, all the names and stuff are in English. Or Americanese for our American listeners. I think that's what their language is, Americanese. Uh, yeah, so it's worth doing because then you can play bare knuckle without expunging any more cash. Yeah, that's what were great. You, gonna, you had a little nugget um, as well. Share that. So uh, the other bonus character there, other than the kangaroo, Shiva. Uh, Shiva is the like henchman of Mister X uh, in Streets of Rage Two. I know I. Just, thought I was awesome he was unlocked in the third because he was one of my favourite characters even though he's a villain in the second one he just looked badass Yeah, and I was always uh, pleasantly surprised to see he was an unlockable and I believe he's uh, one of the pixel characters in Streets Rage 4 so that's cool looking forward to that he Um, is man he's he's like one of the best characters design wise get get ready for this Um, the plot this time centred on the already beaten twice Mr X there's a man who doesn't know where to sit down (laughs) he had started a research company called Robocee Corporation to provide as a cover to his evil plots and business the world's best roboticist Dr Darm has been brought in to help him create an army of realistic robots to replace important officials from the city at no point in time did Dr Darm go isn't this the mayor just make it will you (laughs) Darm Uh, With the replacements in place, Mr. X plans to run the city using a remote control device. His criminal organisation, the Syndicate, has strategically placed bombs around the city to distract the police while city officials are dealt with. This time, Eddie, Skate Hunter, instead leads the Hunter family tradition of fighting Mr. X. This game has four endings, depending on the difficulty level, and if the player defeats certain levels in a limited amount of time. Uh, Interesting story. Multiple endings there. I think, actually... I was looking over James's shoulder when he was writing the script script earlier, and I think Doctor Darm does actually go and tell our protagonists uh, that this is going off. So just to uh, fill in a gap for little James. And uh-huh. uh, who said side scrollers don't need a plot? I know. Interesting. I know they're uh, they've never had. Uh a great deal of story or cutscenes or anything like that. But it's nice to know there's a little something there. It might be a bit wafer thin, but it adds a bit of fuel to the Like the fire. your favourite Billy Bear ham, Tom. Wafer thin. <laughs> How you like your plots. <laughs> uh, well, we'll get back to the uh, music for number three. Yuzo Koshiro and Motohiro Kawashima were back in the music studio citing influences from Detroit's hard techno scene, which was popular in Tokyo nightclubs at the time. For the soundtrack, Koshiro created a new composition method called the Automated Composer System to produce fast-beat techno-like jungle. It was among the most advanced electronic music creation technique at the time, incorporating heavily randomised sequences. This resulted in innovative and time incorporating heavily randomised sequences. This resulted, oh, I'm sorry, uh, this resulted in innovative and experimental sounds generated automatically that, according to Kashiro, 
you ordinarily, ordinarily never could imagine on your own. This method was very rare at the time, but has since become popular among techno and trance music producers to get unexpected and odd sounds. Mm. The game's soundtrack received a mixed reception upon release, but has since been considered to be ahead of its time. Just, uh, two seconds. According to Meme Machines, an old Sega magazine here in the UK, they said the music takes some getting used to. Ironically, it predated the trance era that came short while after its release. Criticised at the time, but retrospectively, this soundtrack has received critical praise. This game didn't do as well as its predecessors. It's quite hard to find, especially at the good price, especially in the UK. Uh, one thing I'll say is James has got access to a really exhaustive library of old magazines to go back and pour through. So sometimes it's quite nice ah. to uh, sometimes it's quite nice to let him go. And a lot of the time, the internet writes its own version of what actually happened. And you get yeah. you get a magazine out, and you're like, no, 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 no. This was this they had a very different opinion on this back in the day when it was actually mm. raw and people were into this platform and they played a lot of these 16 bit games. Opinions were very, very different. There's a lot of games that have not aged well, um, that reviewed well. And there's games that didn't review well at the time, but retrospectively, um, have actually garnered quite a large fan base. So, you know, it's always nice to have a look at things through the lens of the time. I applaud him. That's a really good, yeah, very good point and good work, James. Well done. Phil's Phil's looking happy. Do you reckon he's going to give him a wage rise? He says no. There's a long pause, so there's maybe there's maybe chance. He he shrugged his shoulders. To be fair, he wasn't sure, and uh, Uh, he was obviously sitting on the fence. And then he sort of looked musefully in the air, and he just sort of shook his head and went, "He's like, nah, nah." <laughs> Crushed. Never mind. Better luck next time, James. Well, if he keeps passing off quality like this, I think he's going to have to find two podcast hosts that can do it justice. Well, maybe so. He'll be working yeah. for one of them bigger boy he, podcasts he, next. He'll he be will. on IGN yeah. or some drivel like that, writing bloody reviews. He will. We need to. We need to keep hold of him. Well, resisting temptation, we didn't see another Streets of Rage again on the Saturn or the Dreamcast, but it's to be noted Core Design did attempt to woo Sega with a Streets of Rage sequel they had in the works. Sega took a pass on it, but Core continued, and they labelled it Fighting Force, which released on original PlayStation, Windows PC, and the Nintendo 64. Yeah, I bought that. Um, I bought that because I thought it was basically Streets of Rage, and it turns out it wasn't far off. Um, did you like Sega that took a, I thought it was alright yeah it I think enjoyable. I played a demo and was like no yeah. no it's not for me in a way it felt like very Sega Dreamcast well Saturn Dreamcast if no, I, know what you, I know what you're trying to say I know what you're trying to say um, Sega took a pass though because they were looking at developing the IP themselves uh, then nothing Ruffian made an awesome-looking demo pulling back from a 90s arcade and game of Streets of Rage itself. Unfortunately, this also didn't get greenlit by Sega. Do you remember? I remember uh, living in a different house at the time. Uh, yeah. And you sent me a link. You said, oh, you got to get out, you got to get out. You probably won't remember any of this. Loyal fans of the show know that you don't remember anything past yesterday. 
yeah. you were like, you got, oh, you got, okay, go, go, go on YouTube, get on YouTube, get on YouTube, type in Streets. It took yes. me quite a while to find it today because obviously YouTube's full of Streets of Rage 4 stuff. But finally the algorithm and a little bit more Googling gave me the name Ruffian and I typed it in. And I was like, yeah. why? Why did this not get made? Because that yeah. is exactly where I wanted them to take the franchise. Yeah, it was impressive when I saw it, but it still doesn't make me think mm, the new one is actually probably better. Ever the shield is obviously getting yeah. a payoff. <laughs> of course, of course. Do you want to take this? I'll take this one. I haven't, yeah, I haven't okay, had my yeah. teeth in for a while, have I? Uh, Harvey Retro, it. Streets of Rage is an important series to me. I've only ever owned the first two games. Not sure why I never played the third. It's rarer than hen's teeth. The only thing I can think of is my friends might have said it wasn't very good, so I believed them. Smiling with teeth emoji. The only memory of this game I have is constantly calling the cops by accident. Now oh, well, we've been there laughing till I cry emoji. Like most people, the second game is my favourite. I think it's because I played through it with my friends, including at RH Magic and even some family members who never played games. It's the first time I really experienced brilliant co-op gaming. I think, which is always going to be something you'll never forget. The soundtrack was also so good that I taped it off the Mega Drive. Fair play, Harvey Retro. And used to listen to it on my Walkman all the time. Happy days. Listen to me, Harvey Retro. If you've still got a beat-up tape of Streets of Rage that you personally recorded off your Mega Drive, I don't care how nostalgic it is to you. I want it. Send it to me. The soundtrack. The man's also, an audio genius, isn't he? He is an audio genius. He could fake it and I'd never know. Looking forward to the fourth game, he says, I'm still unsure why they changed the art style. It seems obvious to me to keep it to a similar style, just enhance. Uh, many people saying that, Tom, so just dry your eyes. A great example <laughs> is Raging Justice, which looks like the best possible version of a Final Fight arcade aesthetic. Yeah, I've seen a lot of fans of that. Uh, Rage and Justice, it seems to be quite popular uh, within the beat em up circle. Uh, well, speaking of circles, that brings us full circle. And finally, Streets of Rage 4 was a go-go. Following the success of Wonder Boy The Dragon's Trap, a 2017 remake of 1989's Wonder Boy 3 The Dragon's Trap, publisher Dotemu. Go for it. Why not? Dot Emu, I'd say. But, Dot yeah. Emu. Dot I? Emu. Dot Emu. Dot Emu and developer Lizard Cube approached Sega about creating a sequel in the Streets of Rage series. Much to everyone's surprise, Sega uh, relented and production on the game began at the beginning of 2018, with the game publicly announced that August. The game is being co-developed by Guard Crush Games, using a modified engine from their Streets of Fury game. The soundtrack is pro- being primarily composed by Olivia de Rivera, with additional compositions from Yuzo Koshiro, Motohiro Kawashima, Yoko Shimomura, Kenji Yamakashi, Harumi Fujita, Das Mortal, and Groundislava. Koshiro was not a part of the project from the start, but decided to help in June 2019 after playing a demo of the game at 8-Bit Summer, uh, Bit Summer on an indie game showcase in Japan. He cited fans' requests and how the game was coming along as a reason for joining. 
The game will also allow players to switch to the soundtracks from Streets of Rage and Streets of Rage 2. So if you don't like any of it, turn on the old graphics, turn on the old soundtrack, and you should be happy as a pig in mud. The game takes place 10 years after the events of Streets of Rage 3, featuring characters, uh, returning characters, Axel Stone, Blaze Fielding, and Adam Hunter, alongside two new characters, Adam's daughter, Cherry, and a muscular, cybernetically enhanced armed apprentice of Dr. Gilbert Zahn named Floyd area uh, and i'll launch into another listener comment twigs games one of the best game series of all times he says uh twigs games something tells me you've commented before but if you've never had one new listener uh let's rewind re-rewind uh one of the best game series of all time two being my personal favorite can't wait for the return with streets of rage 4 I've even broken my own rule of not buying limited run games just so I can have the physical version in an old school Genesis clamshell case. Man of taste. Wish I'd thought of that. Of eloquence and taste. Talking of eloquence and case, uh, taste. Here's someone who's supported very, 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 very heavily on the Instagram. It's Old Night Walker, or you may know him as Old Jun Night Walker. New commenter. You can have one. He's earning it. Uh, but he just says, thumbs up emoji. I don't think English is his first language, so you've got to give him some space here. Thumbs up emoji. Twinkling heart emoji. Big teethy grin emoji. Excited emoji. <laughs> I believe that is. Well, well, it's times to get. it's time to get hands on the game's uh, out now, April 30th, 2020, and is available on PC, Nintendo Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. This awesome podcast also has a Let's Play planned for the weekend, so stick tuned to the socials and Discord to watch us get owned on the streets <laughs> of Wood Oak City. That's going to be good. It'll be uh, a classic Saturday night action fight. Brawling. When do you Baseball want, Matt? Bats, I'm course. thinking six o'clock for an hour, six six p.m. Sounds, Saturday. Sounds, sounds perfect. Then me and the kids can sit down and continue our Marvel watch through. Oh, which one you on? We're up to. We've watched them all in order, and we're up to Guardians of the Galaxy one. A great, great movie that is. Yeah. Are you watching on Disney Plus? No, no, no. I ain't shield out money to the Illuminati, Tom. I've done it <laughs> retrospectively, secondhand, through uh, purchasing the DVD box sets. I did have quite a few of them on single DVDs. We're going to go yeah. way off topic here, but I think they're going to afford us the digress. Uh, and then I was in CEX not that long ago, and I saw this Phase 1 and 2 box set, and I just thought, that is going to save me probably four acres of shelf space. I'll get them. I'll get them. And a lot of them were that these are only on DVD, but to be honest with you, I like Blu-rays, but they limit the amount of places I can watch them in the house. And the DVDs, by the time they've been through the PS4 and they've gone on to the shiny 4K TV, they're not a million miles away from Blu-ray as it is. Yeah. Uh, so I think to myself, yeah. So all those Marvel movies have made their way, have made their way on 3D Blu-ray, by the way, because I used to have a 3D TV till it exploded and <laughs> puthered smoke 
into the <laughs> gaming room of the bunker. We don't live there anymore. We've got our own. We've moved out. We've got our own places. Sad but true. They were they were the good times, Tom. Anyway, yeah. we've got our own places, so we don't live there in the bunker anymore. So we've got a new... Tom's got a loft apartment in New York and he's joining us through the medium of whatever this app is, some Chinese app. And I'm sat here, still in Lincolnshire, keeping it real. Uh, thank you for joining us. I don't know what time it is there. You probably don't either. I, I'm up too late. I'm not happy about this. We need to wrap it up. Let me tell you one thing, Einstein. Sun rises in the east, in the east, and it sets in the west. That means British summertime. It's half nine here, and it's probably four hours earlier than that where you are. <laughs> if you're up late, you must have had a bad day to need a lot of beauty sleep, friend. <laughs> I do, I do. I was busy writing. So I got distracted. So those Marvel movies have made their way into George's special box. At the moment, it's looking, it's bulging. Uh, I need to come up with a reason to give him away. It might be whoever can get the most people in the Discord. It might be the, to get as many followers on whatever social media platform, but someone's going to get their hands on a hell of a lot of 3D Blu-ray if they play their cards right. There's all sorts Push the streaming. Push the streaming. Oh, you want the streaming push? Do you want the YouTube yeah, streaming? It requires me to do less work. You barely <laughs> do anything, as it is, you <laughs> snivelling dog. You've taken this season two, basically the realism era. You've taken the the you're really method acting the 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 pantomime villain these days, aren't you? You can't help yourself. <laughs> Fair play to you, Tom. Uh, listen. I think that's us. We've drawn a line under what can only be known as the Streets of Rage. It started rather ropely with you not even being connected to your audio device, but it ended that, strong. That was before the feature, don't worry. Not that quite. That was before the feature. Okay. We like the features. One day we're going to release like this massive catalogue on Blu-ray. We're going to put them all together. Phil, the producer's going to the have to do some... He's going to have to do a <laughs> serious amount of work on this one. Uh, and it would have looked good as well. Imagine this on its own Blu-ray with Streets of Rage, all the covers arranged on the album art. would have looked absolutely... Mwah. Once we commit them to the annals of time, Tom, it's our collected body of work. We should be very proud of it. We should. Good research gone into that. And a lot of effort. Um, shame about my delivery sometimes, but what can you do? Don't worry about it. You're doing it from New York. There's probably a time delay. Yeah, I th- well, that's what we'll say. We have got three uh, more listener comments just to send us to the bridge with the Streets Rage feature. Uh, we'll just quickly read those out and then we'll move on to the new releases. First yes. up, we've got Dad Can Game. Is that a new listener? Sorry, let me get... Let me wield up my hands of justice, Tom. New Give us a clap. listener. Might need to do that on the stream, you know. New viewer or something like oh, that. Well, the way you're gaining viewers, you'll be doing. You won't be playing any games. You're just clapping your hands. <laughs> One every other day. <laughs> uh, well, Dad can game. Says honestly, the only time I've ever played Streets of Rage for any kind was on the Sega Genesis. 
compilation for the PS2 or 360. Shameful, I know. It's all right. Oh, don't I worry. Don't That's worry. Fine. Let me take this one, Tom, because uh, it's got emojis in it, friend. Uh, King Lizard, welcome back to the comments section, buddy. I love the first game, but the second was just magic. Strong arm, strong arm, strong arm emoji. Fire, fire, fire emoji. Fire, fire, fire. Pour on water, pour on water. London's burning. (laughs) I got carried away, King Lizard. I'm sorry, I desecrated your comment. But, you know, it's tradition here now. A much more refined and complex fighting system. They look better, but was no pushover. Definitely Mega Drive's finest hour for the best beat-em-up genre and easily in the top 10 best ever Mega Drive releases. An eloquent... Easily. Well-worded and emojied comment, King Lizard, the sort of thing that stands atop all of the listener comments. Uh, like a, I don't know, like some sort of statue that you sail underneath. Can't remember its name now, but, you know, it'll come to me. The Lizard Brain's well, kicked last, in. <laughs> last comment, stuck in the past lane. Streets of Rage 2 is hands down the most played game in my Mega Drive collection ever. I've got the first one when it came out and was blown away. Second one was perfection and still is played regularly to this day. I vaguely remember getting the third, but trading in after mixed feelings. The combination of music reminds me to order the vinyl. Graphics are um, simple yet addictive gameplay. Coupled with the developing difficulty levels make Streets Rage 2 my number one Mega Drive game ever. Thank you, Stuck in the Past Lane. Listen, yeah, thank you. if they're listening and they've got to this point and they're thinking, oh, I've never commented on the show. I want to clap. I want to. I want to get immortalised next time they talk about my favourite game or console, or they've got a speaking point, and I want to sound off. They're going to give me. They're going to share their platform. This isn't two gaming egos. One in New York, one in Lincolnshire, recorded in a studio where the Who once covered themselves in baked beans and they're thinking hmm they share their show how would one of these eloquent tasteful gamers get in touch with us tom and get their opinion in the feature uh you can direct messages on instagram or twitter or you can reach us at questions at unofficialcontrollerpodcast.com with an email or join us on discord and post up on the general nonsense message board nice okay uh best time to comment though but when we pop up a feature of the week discussion yeah i think so that's where we get most of our comments so the start of well sometime at the start of the week we do a post about what the feature is going to be in the upcoming uh, podcast episode and uh, that's where you can put your comment in if you want to get it featured Okay, uh, before he rips up the drive, do you know what he's been up to this week? Hmm. I'm going to tell you. Get ready, sit down, because he's uh, he's devastated. He thought he'd get ahead of the game. And Stingray went and ordered a load of Captain Tom merch, only to find <laughs> out this morning he'd been promoted to Colonel. So he's got a boot full... <laughs> About a date, Captain Tom merch. Uh, he's furious. He's currently got Wayne Ray and a Sharpie working with all the hours. <laughs> Did Wayne Ray survive? Listen, Tom. No, he didn't. He's gone. <laughs> like Wayne Ray the dog, the real Wayne Ray, has been 
Excommunicado. Let me tell you one thing. Stingray's been on the dark web. He's got a hold of himself a midget, a dwarf, a small person, call him what you like. Okay, no offence meant here. He's bought them a low-rent mullet and a little set of denims, and he's got (laughs) (laughs) Wayne Ray 2, as he rather unprofessionally calls him, scribbling on these pens with a sharpie. You can't write him out of the law like that. We'll find a new way for him to get back in. It's time for a peek. Here he comes up the drive, Tom. Listen at those pebbles. Say where they go every week. It's time for a peek in what we affectionately call Stingray's boot, what's nestled between some counterfeit nappies and a dodgy copy of Battlefriend all this week. These are the new release highlights for the week, April 27th to May 3rd, 2020. Listeners, these are out on digital or physical or will be by the time this podcast in your feed, but they could be, they could be region dependent. You've had a browse, friend. He's popped the boot, Lambert hanging on the bottom of his lip. He's not sure even what bay it is anymore. None of us are. But through the medium of this, we can work out what games are coming out this week. Have you picked a mummy mummy? Yeah, of course. Have you wheeled out? I don't know if I've had this one, but this is genuinely a video I had my uncle got and showed me inappropriately out of the boots. That's going to be my one. I think I might have already had it, but I'm going to have it again. And if anyone remembers it, get in touch and tell me more about how I might be able to get a copy on DVD. We'll get there in the end. So you've got your mummy mummy. I've got my... uh, I think I know what your mummy mummy is. We did a great big feature about it. You're that predictable. Um... So I've picked my mummy, mummy. Uh, you, me, you, me, you. Uh, so if I start, Gears Tactics on the PC, April 28th, Gears Tactics is the fast-paced, turn-based strategy game from one of the most acclaimed video game franchises, Gears of War. Outnumbered and fighting for survival, recruit and command your squad to hunt down an evil mastermind who makes monsters. That looks really good. I've been impressed from what I've seen you know, that. When James was looking to find the details about that game, he went to the Epic Store thinking, oh, it's an Epic franchise. It's on Steam. What's that all about? And it's on PC. Why not on Xbox? Yeah, I think it will come to Xbox, but for some bizarre reason they've chose to do that. I suppose a tactical game like that is more suited to the PC player, but there's definitely console players who really want to play that. Halo Wars, Um, rest of my case, all right? Yeah, yeah. Next up, we've got the Inner Friend PS4 Xbox One. April 28th, descend into an eerie world of scattered memories and unresolved traumas and explore a nightmarish landscape where you'll come face-to-face with childhood fears and nightmares. Moving out, PC, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, April 28th. This looks quite good, actually, to be fair. Yeah. Moving out is... Sorry. No, tell me more. I was going to say it looks very similar to uh, Overcooked and, and games like that. So, yeah. Retrospectively, this is the game I probably should have bought over Streets of Rage 4. <laughs> How can you say that, George? Uh, moving out, PC, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, April 28th. Moving out is a ridiculous physics-based moving simulator that brings new meaning to couch co-op. Are you ready for an exciting career in furniture? As newly certified furniture arrangement and relocation technician, you'll take on moving jobs all across the busy town of Packmore. 
If anyone's listening, they want to offer, if they want to start up the series, movies, games, and videos, yes, Doogie, I'm talking about it again, because I know you love it just as much as me. And everyone else, just park your ears, go on YouTube and find out. I would love to audition to be the narrator of the new version of movies, games, and videos. I would, I, do you know what I might do? I might sack this podcast off, find out what movies are coming out this week at the cinema and on DVD, or Blu-ray, or whatever it is, and what games are coming out, arrange it in the form of Stingray's boot, get the music, speak over it, get some clips off the internet. That's fire right there. That's fire. <laughs> if you want to role-play, Doogie, put the music on in the background and listen to me read out Telling Lies, okay? That comes after Tom's rendition of this next game. Sakura Wars, PS4, April 28th. The Imperial Combat uh, Revenue takes stages, take your defence against demons and the extravagant adventure. Soldiers in wartime theatre performers in peacetime. The flower division is not living up to its legacy and risks being shut down. As newly appointed Captain Kawiyama is up to up to you to turn things round. Gorgeous animated sequences or soundtrack and character design by anime and JPR, JRPG Luminos transport you into a vibrant 1940s steampunk Tokyo. Sounds good, doesn't it? You getting that? Yeah. Mm. I'm always a bit alienated by JRPGs because some of them are just way too Japanese. I know that sounds a strange thing to say, but yeah, they're just they're a bit too wacky sometimes for me. Hmm. Okay. What we got next? Um, telling telling lies. lies. PS4, Xbox One, Switch, April 28th, four private lives, one big lie. Search through secretly recorded video conversations to discover the truth, the successor to the acclaimed Her Story. Next up, we've got Worry Orb, PC, April 28th, Demon, Giant, Mutant, and Taking Ball. Demons, giants, mutants, and talking ball with hybrid limbs. In Warrior Orb, you play as a mighty demon trapped in an unlikely body. The path ahead is not an easy one. Will you do whatever it takes to regain your freedom? I'll take this next one as well, because this one actually intrigued me. I thought so. With its its nautical themes. Yeah, well, that's what lured me in. But when I did the research, Dread Nautical reminds me of... uh, Dynamite Cop 2 on the Dreamcast. If memory serves, that's set on a cruise ship. And this looks very similar to it. Dreadnautical, PC, PS4, Xbox, Switch, April 29th. Your cruise was so relaxing until the monsters from another dimension showed up to kill everyone. A tactical turn-based RPG with roguelike elements. Obviously, that's nothing like Dynamite Cop, but it looks like Dynamite Cop. Dreadnautical combines immersive gameplay with a cartoonish yet captivatingly eerie tone. Make that sound good, Phil. This is my audition for movies, games, and videos. (laughs) He's laughing. In your face. Uh, Supernatural forces have overwhelmed a cruise liner called Hope with the mysterious malevolent monstrosities. Fight them off as one of four unlikely heroes. Manage your scarce resources effectively and convince scattered survivors to fight alongside you. You'll need them for any hope of escaping this vacation alive. Traverse all 20 decks of the ship to unlock the mysteries, mysteries of the hope. 
This is not a very well... I don't write these, by the way. These are from the game's own website. So they're a complete mess. Uh, Think several steps ahead during each battle, plotting the optimal use of each character's action points. Your weapons, bandages, and other items deteriorate, and your resources are very limited. Make sure your companions rest, or panic may overtake them. Oh, no, I'm going to have to take this next one as well to give you the... No, 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 we don't have to do that. I'll go. G-Lock Air Battle on the Switch, April 30th. Take flight, lock on and fire your missiles in the classic flight simulator. Sega Ages G-Lock Air Battle. As a fun added feature, you can also activate the sortie count, allowing you to change the number of credits per coin when you start up the game. It can help you with the challenging missions ahead. After that, We've got my pick of the week, Streets of Rage 4, PC, PS4, Xbox One, and the Switch, April 30th. Among the best beat up series ever created, jamming 90s beats and over-the-top fighting, the iconic Streets of Rage comes back with a masterful tribute uh, and a revitalization of the classic action fans adore. What's your VHS pick, Sunbeam? The Phantom, starring Billy Zane. Oh, I like it. I like it. Um, mine's... Seeing as we're talking comics, comic book films, I thought, yeah, I'll take that. Okay. Well, mine's a film called Arctic Heat. Arctic Heat. And this, I, I, I bet my bottom dollar as well, this came out of Stingray's boot. This is one of those <laughs> ones. I have visions of him. Before you might have even have been born, I'm not even sure. You're a very wee boy. Uh, he used to come up the big house, and uh, yeah. my uncle would get videos because it was cool to watch VHSs at the time, all these sort of action films and all that sort of jazz. Uh, but Singray had a selection of films that probably weren't ones you'd seen at the cinema. And there was this one called Arctic <laughs> Heat, and it was the tale. And I'm sure I've talked about this on air. Someone will probably let me know. It was a tale of four hunters in Alaska that got sort of slightly off course and ended up in Russia. And because uh, if you go to Alaska, it's, it's only, it's not that far to get to Russia. So they get sort of, uh, so you laugh, but your lack of geography skills point to you that uh, that's possible. Because they had a boat, they were duck hunting, sort of came out of a river in oh, North okay. Alaska boat, and then boat is different. ended up crossing, I, I think it's the, the Bering Strait. Okay. They, they end up, oh, we must, they think they're taking a the wrong turn. They haven't got a compass or any of that jazz. And they're, they're obviously still hunting as they were. Uh, and it's then they stumble across some, you know, Soviet army bad guys. And it all kicks off. One of them's got, like a, <laughs> one of them's got a bow that he's using. <laughs> and I remember there being a church on fire. I think it's called Arctic <laughs> Heat. We, Stingray's version amazing. was called Arctic Heat, but I think it had a different name in the States. Uh, if anyone knows how sounds to like, sorry, it sounds very much like Southern Comfort, but that was more um, out in the bayou, a group of soldiers on a training exercise get lost and end up in like the bayou and all the locals are like hunting them. Very similar plot, it sounds like, but with different uh, people and places. Oh, Are we talking Deliverance? Sounds like Deliverance as well. No, let me get it right. It was called 
I know for a fact that when the when it came out of Stingray's boot, it was called Arctic Heat. I'll never forget it because it was a little bit scary to me. But I've just uh, I've just googled Arctic Heat, and it comes up with a film called Born American. Let me put the plot right. The Americans okay. are on a hunting trip in Lapland. So my story was slightly less believable than it. <laughs> Decide to cross cross the Russian border on impulse. The situation quickly spirals out of control when they are captured by Russian soldiers and put in prison. Uh, just to give you an idea of uh, how popular this film is, 35% on Metacritic, 3.8 out of 10 on Film Affinity, and 4.1 out of 10 of, on IMDb. I've watched worse. <laughs> so that's my yeah. that's my mummy mummy, if she'll let me have it, because it is a bigger boys film. If... Uh, if Harvey Retro was looking for content for his next uh, podcast or review on YouTube, he's just found himself a proper candidate in Born American, a.k.a. And now, thanks to you, we know that stands for otherwise known as Arctic Heat. Let me pull this last tasty morsel out of the boot, Tom. Arcade Spirits on the PS4, Xbox One and Switch, May 1st. What if the 19... This should have been my mummy mummy, really. Uh... It might be. Again, this is... Bear with me. This would have been a good game for the Vita, so I think it'd be a great game on the Switch. Uh, May 1st, what if the 1983 video game crash never happened? Set in 20XX, Arcade Spirits is a visual novel romantic comedy with a different history where arcades still reign supreme as the ultimate place to play. After a period of turbulent employment, your character starts an exciting new job at the Funplex a popular local arcade with a team of staff that are as eccentric as the customers. From fierce pro gamers and dedicated high score chasers to creative cosplayers and tinkering programmers, the neon lights and buzzing atmosphere of the Funplex is a welcome home to many. But where will this newfound employment opportunity take you? Who will you meet along the way? And will you finally find the romance you've been seeking? Boots slammed! A copy of Arctic Heat and a copy in the end of that visual novel in my lap. You've got a copy of Streets of Rage 4 and a copy of The Phantom. We're happy. Ray's happy. He's made another couple of books out of us, Tom. Uh, He's still got those Captain Tom mugs to shift. Fair play to him. (laughs) He's going to struggle with those, isn't he? Fair play to him. Thought I'd lost you there for a minute, but I think it's all good. Hey there. Can you I'm hear here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Maybe a bit of a delay there from sunny uh, New York. Uh, there he is, the loft apartment in its full glory. The afternoon rays beaming in through the window. Just particles hovering in the sun. Absolutely beautiful. I believe that's a... Uh, is that an old... Warehouse in the Meatpacker District that you got there, you hipster? It is. It is. Absolutely. Beautiful. I tell you what, this podcast pays a little too well, doesn't it? It does. To the right kind of guy. To the star of the show himself. Fair play to you. I'll be having the mitts in that streaming fund, don't you worry. I'll be having words with Phil. He tells me that despite my best efforts, as soon as it monetizes, the bank account details are yours. <laughs> contractually obliged to put your banker details into anything that pays out mine are contractually obliged to be put into anything that pays in unfortunately 
Tom, before you climb up the wooden hill to the uh, higher area, the second floor overlooking your loft area where you normally pad around naked, making fists <laughs> with your toes. <laughs> oh. Tell me, Tom McLean, what are you hoping to play? Yippee-ki-yay, I'll be playing Streets for Age 4. Is that is that it? It That's it, done, <laughs> throat chop, out the door? Oh, carrying on with Last of Us as well, play through. That's it, throat chop. Tim, Knowing so, you, chop, after chop. the Assassin's Creed as well, you'll be playing God of War uh, and just squinting a little bit and pretending you're playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla. <laughs> True <laughs> you know story. So well. <laughs> true story, bro. <laughs> Oh, so true. Okay. I'll be playing, well, hopefully be playing Streets for Age 2 with you for an hour on Saturday. Four? I'm not playing Three, two four, with four, you. Four, four, four even. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, we'll be yeah. doing that. Hopefully, uh, I might have a quick go on it in between now and then. Will you? Just yeah, oh, yeah, same, same, it? same. Yeah. And we need to figure out where we can make it so I can talk with you on your stream. It doesn't matter if not, because I think the fans are done with my media open. Mediocre. 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 Can't even say the word for what. I don't know. I'm going to stop talking. Just rest your jaw. Put it on the silk pillow for a little while. (laughs) (laughs) Next to my vanity box. Yeah, let it take a load off. Uh, Well, before you just unwire your jaw, you've got to ask me the immortal question. That's we can't get to the end of the show, can we? What are you hoping to play this week? I'll tell you what I'm hoping to play. Bit of Streets of Rage 4. Um, I'll be honest with you. Are you going to be carrying on with the Minecraft streams? Of course I am. Get me a belt and get me some Minecraft straight in my veins. Can't get enough of it right now. Uh, We're on the quest for diamonds. So if you want to find out how to get to the nether, diamonds are the first step because you need the diamond pickaxe to mine the obsidian to make the portal to go to literally hell on Minecraft. A little scary in there, Tom, because everything's on fire. If you can if survive fans that. Of, if fans of the stream of yours mm-hmm. uh, want to get in touch and recommend playing something or watching, they want to watch you play something that they've recommended, how could they do that? Oh, he's flipped my own word trap around on me. They could email the show, questions at unofficialcontrollerpodcast.com. I'm taking recommendations. Farming Simulator 19, seeing as it's free on PSN, I had 17. That's fire, 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 Farmerton Series 1 emoji. <laughs> Everywhere you could possibly imagine, Tommy. You if can. Farmerton was Farming Simulator, it'd have to be done on like GTA with a mod. So you could just have all the wacky characters in there. And the plane crash and everything. Yeah, but just think about it. My uh, my imagination plus Farming Simulator 19 equals Farmerton. Job done. Right. Job okay. Done. Um, I was also thinking of playing... There's a Castaway game, if you've seen it. You've seen that? What, the Tom Hanks film? <laughs> well, yeah, it's not quite that. But, uh, oh, I have seen that. It's like a survival game. Yeah. It came, out, it came out last Bizarrely, week. This is how well PlayStation know me. It was recommended to me when I fired up the store just seconds ago to buy Streets of Rage. Uh, let me tell you what it's called. Stranded Deep. Um, mm. If we yeah, get bored of Minecraft, out, I'll play Stranded Deep. 
That could be a stream, me surviving on a desert island. That's got legs. Um, Streets of Rage 4, Resident Evil Code Veronica. I'll keep chipping away at that. Um, I'm stuck in a bit of a loop at the moment, but I'll keep chipping away at it. Um, Maybe, 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 just for the completionist's sake, I might try and knock another corner off Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Get it gone. I'm the man who finishes games, Tom. Yeah. Not just the man who buys games. I'm a little bit nervous now because we've got to finish Streets of Rage. That's your, your no one. And I'm, I'm even less. So, uh, maybe we'll just tell them that we did. Look on YouTube at a playthrough. <laughs> it's what all the bigger boys do. <laughs> we'll get it done. Other even than if we that, have to do it on easy. Other than that, and I still haven't forgotten to the loyal listeners that I said I'd play Ancestors. It's now not in the sale anymore. So, <laughs> I'll wait till it gets back in the sale and then I'll buy it. Uh, but I will get there and I'll get that too. I'm quite excited by that. I still am intrigued. Maybe next Christmas. My vision will have come true of me playing it at Christmas. Other than that, I think we're all there. Are you done? I'm done. If you're done, I'm done. Thank you to everyone that listens and supports everything we do across Twitter, Instagram, Discord, a little extra thank you to Bobaloba, Finchy, and Finstergamer. Bobaloba for setting up and running the Discord. You've done an absolutely stellar job there. I owe you the two kidneys that I've already promised to Tom legally, uh, but they're yours if he decides he doesn't want them. Finchy and Finstergamer combining together on artwork, keeping the, the place happy and alive, uh, giving the Discord a pulse. Everyone that comments and shares and does things for us, we should have said this at the top of the show, but we super appreciate it. If you've enjoyed it, tell a friend, please. It's not that hard, is it, really? Take one, pass it on. That's how it works, isn't it? Um, I guess that's it. So without any more rabid self-promotion, because it's tasteless, that's all we've got time for. Thank you for your time this week, listeners. As always, thank you for your time. We look forward to the pleasure of speaking to you again next week. Until then, happy gaming. And remember, there's nothing wrong with being given the unofficial controller. It's what you do with it that counts. See you, Tom. See you, mate. 